0: Welcome back to episode four of Positive Anthropology. I'm your host, Dr. Alessandra Rosa, and I'm really excited to finally be able to continue exploring with you the usefulness of anthropology in our daily lives. I know I have been MIA since March due to all of the events that are happening this year. Yet I was able to participate last month for the Raising of Our Voices view-on-demand events held by the American Anthropological Association with my colleague and friend, Dr. Mamira Dujay Prosper. With her permission, and since not everyone was able to register for those events, we decided to share our recording through my podcast. We hope you enjoy it.
1: (laughs) tell you, it's the only way something I've known about myself since I was away at college, really think that I might be a little bit of an anthropologist Mom and dad, I've been led astray I've been experimenting with archaeology and excavation which I see 1480 and ground penetrating radar for the first time, you know what I mean I see the visions in your head. Be taking up dino bones, or do I study in sex in a laboratory alone, but I'm just looking for the story of our people as a whole, wanting we'll to learn about and understand our cultures as our own. The world seems to increasingly need anthropology, now I'm exploring, asking who I am, how we be people, the difference between us, is not so much, tell me your story, hope they support us? humanity.
0: So, the song we we're listening to is an Anthropology Song, A Little Bit Anthropologist by Di Cooper. Welcome to Raising Our Voices, View On Demand Events, and this talk on positive anthropology. I am really excited to explore with you the usefulness of anthropology in our daily lives. I'm your host, Dr. Alessandra Rosa, and I use the pronouns she, her, hers. I'm a light brown, skinned, cisgender Puerto Rican woman with shoulder length, brown hair, and eyes wearing a golden yellow shirt with a jade necklace, and behind me, you can see some of my son's painting hung up on the wall and further back an open window. Today, I have a special guest accompanying me, my friend and colleague, Mamira Duje Prosper.
2: Thank you, Alexandra, for inviting me to this discussion. Um, I use the pronouns she and lee, which is a third-person gender-neutral pronoun in Asian Creole. I'm a dark brown-skinned, um, just cisgendered woman with dark brown and white hair and dark brown eyes. I'm wearing a punch pink shirt with black and white vertical stripes and a pair of dark brown wooden hoops with the acronym deba written in white. AFLIDEPA is a women's collective organization in Haiti I spent some time with during my doctoral research studying solidarity, economies, and social growth and behind me you can see the show with some of the books I've accumulated over the past decades.
0: So, before we dive into our conversation, some of you might be wondering the reason behind the name Positive Anthropology. Well, this talk is based on the podcast called Positive Anthropology, which I created as a safe space, a the chaotic world we live in. It is a way for me to connect my work as an anthropologist in academia to my life and provide you the tools to do the same. The purpose of the podcast and this talk is to emphasize how we can become agents of social change using our platforms and positionalities. Unfortunately, the podcast has been on pause since March due to the pandemic and juggling work-family responsibilities. Yet by participating in this talk for Raising Our Voices, I hope to be able to resume the monthly episodes in November. Mamir and I were both born and raised in the Caribbean and became social cultural anthropologists as a way to give back to our communities. Therefore, for today's talk, we decided to provide a brief history of the discipline of anthropology, particularly focusing on anthropology in the Caribbean followed by a social change model that will help us understand our roles in the different ecosystems in our lives. So Mamira, thank you for joining me and to start off can you briefly discuss with us how the field of anthropology is tied to the Caribbean?
2: Yes, um, in his book Global Transformations Anthropology in the Modern World the colonial Caribbean anthropologist Michelol Brings to light how the field of anthropology was established to study and therefore verify the savage slot, quote unquote, in which Europe tried to cage its others, even while claiming to explain the human condition beyond the supernatural and extra. The science has
0: recycled and
2: repurposed the binaries and hierarchies of the Latin medieval Christian church, against which the so called Enlightenment thinkers had railed. Sciences essentially justified the Christian civiliz- civilizing mission and the colonial project. right? That's the land dispossession, overextraction of natural resources, forced labor, genocide, slavery, and indentured servitude. Tuyo reminds us that the field of anthropology only distinguished itself from other social sciences, law and history in Europe and the United States around the same time as the end of slavery in the Caribbean. Right? So colonialist scientists, sought to determine whether previously enslaved peoples were fully human and deserving of rights and liberties. So the development of the field of anthropology is intimately linked with the Caribbean region. From its inception as a separate field, however, anthropology has been a contested space. Its white supremacist tenor was challenged by previously colonized and colonized thinkers who at that time were Western educated elite men. They utilize the field to defend the humanity and capacity of the so-called darker nations to rule themselves. For example, the father of Pan-Africanism, Haitian anthropologist Antino Fiomé stands out with his book, Of the Equality of Human Races, which was first published in in 1885. By the mid 20th century, many more Caribbean scholars, notably from Cuba, Puerto Rico, and Jamaica, had applied the tools of anthropological analysis to study their own folk. They uplifted the different ways of being and doing of the region's peoples, notably the ways, their ways of constructing family relations beyond the biological nuclear model. Militant Caribbean anthropologists brought to light different genres of the human beyond what the colonial Caribbean theorist Sylvia Winter calls man or the overrepresented Western bourgeois class figure of the human. As such, the field of anthropology has always served
0: raise consciousness and make social change. Thank you Mamira for providing this valuable information regarding anthropology's history and its ties to the Caribbean. With this in mind, I came across a framework that I found very useful and ties in with making social change happen um, that I wanted to share with you all. This social change model helps us understand our roles in the different ecosystems of our lives. Its creator is Deepa Ayer, a South Asian American writer, lawyer, strategist, facilitator and activist. Ayer explained how the more she has utilized the framework with other people, the more it has actually evolved into the current version that I'm going to present today, which is why she encouraged each of us to reflect, observe, plan and even modify the model as we use it to check in um, with our own life. So, now before I begin to explain the model, I want to show you its visual representation. So, give me a moment to share the screen. Okay, so hopefully, you can all see right now. Um, The image reminds me of. pinwheel it consists of a circle in the middle in which you identify your values and the world you seek to create then it has other circles connected to the middle one which each with a specific role for example the model i'm presenting states in the middle circle equity liberation justice solidarity then the surrounding circles state 10 different roles starting from the top we have weavers which see the through lines connectivity between people places organizations ideas and movement second we have experimenter they innovate pioneer and invent they take risk and course correct as needed third we have frontline responders they address community crisis by marshalling and organizing resources networks and messages then we have the visionaries They imagine and generate our boldest possibilities, hopes and dreams, and remind us of our direction. Then we have the builders. They develop, organize, and implement ideas, practices, people, and resources in service of our collective vision. We also have the caregivers. They nurture and nourish the people around them by creating and sustaining a community of care, joy, and connection we have the disruptors they take uncomfortable and risky actions to shake up the status quo to raise awareness and to build power we have the healers they recognize and tend to the generational and current traumas caused by oppressive systems institution policies and practices we also have the storytellers they craft and share our community stories cultures experiences histories and possibilities through art music, media, and movement. And lastly, we have the guides. They teach, counsel, and advise, using their gift of well-earned discernment and wisdom. When using this model, it is good to remember what Ayer explained. Not all of us can or should play each of those roles. We might also find ourselves falling into different roles depending on personal and external circumstances, or, We might be observers and supporters from the side from time to time, yet an effective, healthy and sustainable social change ecosystem requires different actors to play these roles and often at different times. So when you look at the model, think about the following questions. What roles do you feel comfortable playing? What roles are you often asked to step into by others and how do you feel about assuming those roles? What is the impact of these roles on you physically, energetically, emotionally, and spiritually? Is there an impact on others as a result? What are the injustices that keep you up at night, that outrage you and that push you to act? Where can you take bolder risks, especially if you hold different forms of privilege? What do you need to learn about, more about before you do that? And who can teach you that? How do you move through the different roles without feeling like you have to pick just one in order to be effective? When and not if you make a mistake, how do you acknowledge them and course correct without feeling like you failed? Who is in your support system? The people who hold you accountable in a compassionate way. Write their names into the various roles if they play them or are on the side? And how can you think about how you can widen your community? So I'm going to stop sharing the screen. And Mamira, I want to hear your thoughts on this model that I presented. Um, At different
2: times and in different circumstances, um, I have played each one of these roles. Um, Though I think many would argue that I'm most consistently a disruptor, Um, In this current stage of my life and career, uh, I'm more of a builder. Uh, I privilege writing for non-academic readership, whose consciousness I hope to raise. I impart not only critical analyses to my students, but also develop with them ways for them to effectuate social change. Um, I provide support to social movement organizations. I facilitate and interpret at meetings. I create and deliver political education classes. Um, I translate talks and position papers, I raise money. I also take on research projects that can inform my policy beliefs. Um and, and, and my participation on this podcast and this talk right, is yet another kind of practice um,
0: I hope can push right, a collective vision. Yes, thank you. Just like you, I've played different roles at different times but I'm definitely most comfortable in the roles of a guide, weaver, and storyteller. And interestingly, since we met, our roles have complemented and supported each other, which is probably why we've been in each other's ecosystem for 12 years and going. Yeah, I mean, for over more than a decade,
2: Alessandra and I have woven together critical perspectives about our nations. And we both understood that anthropology was our way to support
0: social change back home right from the belly of the beast I completely agree so throughout this talk we have presented some anthropological facts and tools to help you reconstruct your own definition of the good life similarly via my podcast i offer my guidance but do not attempt to tell you how you should leave your life that is not my role My role as a guide and a weaver is for you to find value, purpose, and meaning as you live your life and become, as I like to call it, an agent of social change. As an anthropologist and practical optimist, I prefer to believe in our human potential. Once we all understand our interconnectedness, we can work together to alter existing conditions and create a more just and sustainable future. So based on the information we've shared today, we would like you to reflect on the social change model discussed and set two goals for yourself to try out before your next check in. And also, if you enjoyed what you listened, remember to subscribe to my podcast, Positive Anthropology. And similarly, you can follow Positive Anthropology on Facebook and Instagram and send me a message with any questions or suggestions that you may have. I will be posting Mamira's information so you can also contact her for more outreach um, and if you're interested in her work. So thank you, be safe, and have a great day until the next episode of my podcast. Bye. so if you enjoyed what you listened to uh, remember to subscribe to positive anthropology and you can also find and follow positive anthropology on facebook and instagram and like i mentioned in the video you can send me a message with any questions suggestions or if you want to contact mamura or myself um, definitely uh, reach out Um, thank you have a great day stay safe and